Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and guests. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 180. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Nate Dunn. Welcome along, Nate. Always good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Haven't been here for quite a while, actually. Been a bit busy. Yes. Uh, it seems to be uh, everyone is busy at the moment within the uh, the technology industry. Now, for those that are uh, not sure where you fit in, maybe you can just give us, uh, just, just fill us in. Um, okay. So, I suppose my main day-to-day job is I own a company called 3Bit. We're a software house and we do a whole lot of custom things. Like, we do a lot of zero integration. We work with Vend, um, a big... Uh, online system called Autotask if you're an IT company I also run a cafe in Mount Eden and uh, I'm a moderator on GeekZone so those are sort of my three main you got your fingers in, in a few pies but uh, definitely a technologist at heart with uh with lots of opinion, which is, is certainly what we're looking for tonight. Now, let's jump straight in. Uh, we're going to start with our news bites, and uh, and then we'll jump into the discussion topics for this week. Uh, first up, uh, Intel have refreshed their um, fourth-gen core platform, known as Haswell. Uh, and the main difference uh, on the, their previous uh, version of these chips is a bit of a speed bump. So uh, you can expect some new laptops and other gadgets to be announced over the next few weeks, uh, including the, uh, the Computex show coming up at at um, in uh, in Taipei at the beginning of June. Cool. So my one is, uh, so Netflix, uh, there's been rumours swirling around for a long time that they were looking at bumping up their price. Uh, so they're going up, I thought it was $2, but uh, Paul, you've confirmed it's only a dollar. So it's going up from $8 to a massive $9. And for those of us who are already existing Netflix customers, um, they've promised that it'll be locked in for uh, two years, which is quite nice. But even for, for me, for an extra dollar, not really a big drama. So yeah, they're going up. No, it shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be too much of a problem for uh, for most most people, should it? Uh, now, Samsung have announced that they're they're launching a um, a new gadget. This time, a wireless hard drive uh, and a portable battery in one. So, what what we're hearing is this is going to uh, launch at one hundred and seventy nine uh, US dollars. Uh, wireless hard drive. Um, the the drive itself will be one point five um, terabytes. Will be the uh, maximum uh, capacity, and you'll be able to access it through uh, smartphones. Uh, initially, Android uh, based, and also through uh, Windows and Mac computers and uh, USB 3 connection. Now, what's interesting about this is we have been sent uh, recently. A product which seems to have very uh, similar sorts of capabilities, possibly even more, um, from a Taiwanese company called Adata, uh, which we, we've been trying out. Um, and that's worked reasonably well, but we, we've had one oddity, which we're just investigating with them. Um, but it looks like these may well be very, very uh, similar similar products. Um, and I think there, there are probably some others in the market that have been uh, playing in this uh in this space, but quite handy having that um, portable big chunk of data storage with you, uh, particularly when you're travelling, and always helpful having a um, having a spare battery that you can sort of plug into to uh, charge your smartphone, etc. Uh, so Twitter's just announced that they're uh, adding in a feature called Mute, and so what Mute allows you to do is if there's an annoying user that's constantly um, 
messaging you, you can put them on mute. Um, it doesn't tell them that they're muted and you can undo that at any stage. And so you just go up to options. Um, not everyone has it at the moment. It's just been announced. And they're looking at rolling it out to everyone over the next few weeks. So probably an interim step, I think, between uh, completely blocking someone where they can't see or um, see anything you're doing or interact with your mute, I think it's a good sort of stepping stone, maybe. And if you want to try it out, mute at Nate. Oh, that's good, And you'll, uh, you'll hide everything that uh, Nate Be muted for has to say. If you want to mute me, at Paul Spain. There um, so there, there you go if you want to test it out. Um, now, following on from last week, we we, we mentioned that uh, we had heard uh, Samsung Mobile CEO J.K. Shin was in the country, but we didn't have anything uh, official since we've run into one or two people that have uh, run into um, um, J.K. Shin on his travels in New Zealand. So uh, he was indeed here and uh, hopefully had a good time. Um, no doubt travelling in a bit more style than you and I when we travel between uh, New Zealand and other parts of the world. I wonder if they've got a Sam- they must have a Samsung corporate jet, surely. I hear that he has a personal jet, but uh, I, I, that could be completely wrong. Surely for someone with a company that size, you would, wouldn't you? Sorry, anyway. Um, quick flicks. So they launched a paper episode or season option for TV programmes, which is really good, actually. Uh, the fact that you don't have to sort of be locked into the old traditional thing of, of having a whole channel or a whole group of channels as Skylights to group them all together which to be fair isn't really their fault it's more the, the content um, producers lock them in so they've got to purchase the uh, not so popular channels with the really popular ones so it's nice that it's a bit like a buffet I suppose you can pick the bits you want and yeah you don't have you to be want. locked into a locked into a subscription so yeah it seems quick flicks are, c- are continuing to sort of expand every every few months we're hearing something new whether it's a you know their app available on another platform or or some you know improvement in um, in the breadth of their services so uh yeah, it's kind of good, and apparently their uh, their customer base keeps growing across uh, Australia and New Zealand where they're uh, where they're based. Uh, still a long way off what we uh, what we see from Netflix, but certainly a little bit easier for the average uh, person to hook in and, and use uh, QuickFlix locally than it is to use uh, Netflix, which is, is still uh, not launched in the New Zealand market. Um, now into our discussion topics, Nate. Domino's Pizza, um, they've for a long time had the uh, domain name in New Zealand, domino'spizza.co.nz, uh, and uh, we were just discussing before that you know, you're know you in that habit when you jump into a browser to go somewhere, you often just type the full URL, as you might expect it, just to take you straight there. Um, you and I both type domino's.co.nz into the browser from time to time, on those rare occasions when we might want to order a pizza. Um, where does that go at the moment? Um, so I've tried to – I eat a fair amount of Domino's because it's just around the corner from where I live in Mount Eden. Um, so Domino's used to just go to – I think it was a landing page about something. Anyway, so what's happened is uh, – so Domino's New Zealand actually sits under dominospizza.co.nz and the other uh, Domino's around the world, uh, like UK, US – and I think Australia all sit under the .com.au, .co.uk and .com in their respective markets. 
So Domino's uh, tried to go to the DNC, which is the main name commissioner, and said, hey, look, we own the, the intellectual, not the intellectual property, we own the trademark to Domino's. And out of their Queensland office submitted a massive stack of information to try and get the guy to, to give up the domain. For example, if you tried to register Coca-Cola.co.nz, Coke could quite easily get it off you because it's a registered trademark. And they tried to do the same. Um, they weren't successful. Um, the surprising thing for me about it was the fact that they, they did offer the guy uh, 10 grand to take it off his hands. He said, look, that's not enough. Um, and he wanted 18,000, which, okay, it's a bit of a big jump for maybe you and I don't really have that sort of pocket change. But um, what uh, the guy who owned it, a uh, what's his name, Mr. Vincent, Paul Vincent, who owned it, um, as he brought up, um, Domino's globally turned over how many billions of dollars and 18,000 really is, you know, a small change for him. And I, I don't know why they bothered with the lawyer when they could have just spent, spent $18,000 18, and, yeah, and, 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 and it taken back. it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I know, guess it's not the global entity that's, uh, that's buying it. It's probably the local uh, New Zealand franchise holder. And uh, maybe for them, the cash. It's, uh, it, it, it wasn't worth it. But probably in the... In the meantime, they've they've missed out on, uh, or they've annoyed a lot of customers because it just, it, you know. There's about 300. It's not on the domain you would expect it to be, so it wastes you a bit of time to get yep. there. And at some stage, um, he could put other stuff on that he domain. He could put it to redirect it to Pizza Hut, and people would probably just be, oh, Domino's is gone. It's, it's probably worth, uh, if listeners don't know, there is a domain name commission. So if there is a domain, uh, we're just dealing with a client at the moment where their designer owns their uh, domain name. And if you want more info about this, my blog's got it on Geekzone about how you need to legally own your domain name. Um, and the client I've got is having issues where the designer won't sign over the, the legal entity or the legal ownership of the domain. So um, you I've do- seen I've seen that happen many times oh, where a business happens- will start up and uh, or has started up and maybe the web designer registered the, the domain name for them because they said we wanted a website, we wanted email. Not so common these days, but business has been around for a while. Uh, and usually they've got a good enough relationship with that um, organisation that it can be fixed up. Uh, but uh, where it where it doesn't, it can get quite messy. Yeah, because you then legally don't actually own your domain name. And if you don't pay them for whatever example, they go under or they decide to um, be a bit difficult about it, you really don't have a recourse. So you can actually go to the Domain Name Commission and provide a whole lot of documentation and get that domain force transferred over to you. So there are some options. You don't Ho- sort of have hopefully, to... Hopefully, depending on how it was acquired in the oh, first totally. place. So yeah. you don't have to sort of throw your hands up in the air and, and give up and think, oh, I'm going to move to another domain, which is what this client was planning to do that we're just working through at the moment. So there are... Do some reading. Jump on my blog on Geekson. I did a big post probably six months ago talking about what you can do and things to keep yourself... Um, in the clear and out of trouble with your domain name, so excellent. Now, uh, telecom uh, once again uh, in the media, um, and just some little news announcements. Um, now, a, a couple this week. The one their uh, digital ventures uh, division is launching something called Aircade, which is a bit of a play on uh, arcade in terms of uh, I think arcade gaming. Uh, now this this is quite interesting because you know, digital ventures have been doing all sorts of uh, uh, fancy new uh, business endeavors that they've been uh, they've been working on and this one is all about creating a um, a, a virtual or a, an online or cloud based gaming system that you'll be able to link into from your from your PC and Mac or Mac uh, and basically play games uh, online that, that, uh, you know, it's designed to be a, a reasonably, uh, um, 
you know, powerful platform. I think it's a bit more than just uh, playing uh, um, dominoes or Pac-Man. tiddlywinks or Pac-Man or something on your uh, um, on your on your computer. What's your thoughts on this, Nate? Um, looks very cool. I'm not a big gamer, but when I do want a game, I just want to sit down and use it. So something like this would probably work really well for me. I've actually got all. I haven't got the latest consoles. I've got all the older consoles, but I've got the Wii, the Xbox, and the PS3. Um, so yeah, being able to, I, I'm a big fan of moving into a space where I can just pay a monthly rate and it just ticks over and it all keeps up to date. I can just get what I want when I want it without having to go down to a shop. Because inevitably, I don't know about you, but inevitably I'll want to play a game like this and it'll be say six or seven o'clock at night. Everything's shut, and then I think, then the next day you've sort of lost me because I'm like, well, I really should just be doing some work I suppose or catching up with some later or whatever so yeah this thing was right up my alley actually yeah I mean it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what games that they're able to get and so on uh, but if if you are a gamer you're interested in this um, go to www.earcade.co.nz uh, there's there's quite a bit of information there about how it works and the fact that you'll need at least uh, 7 megabit um Internet connection, broadband connection there, uh, and yeah, a range of other details. Uh, at this stage, they're looking for uh, for trialists, and so you can sign up with your email address, and you may or may not get uh, get chosen to trial uh, trial the service. But uh, if it's if this is right up your alley, then uh, definitely jump on board there, and uh, hey, put your email address down, and. Uh, you might get invited into their uh, their free trial. Now, the other thing uh, from Telecom in, in the last few days is um, they they've launched something for uh, for software developers who are producing um, or, or want want to work on. Um, how would you describe it, Nate? This machine to machine communications via their mobile network, really, isn't it? That's yeah. What so it's if all you've about. got if you've got a whole lot of devices, I think probably the first example I can think of would be your smart meters. So the fact you could have a SIM card and a smart meter that's just stuck on the wall and it it just keeps sending back data about how much it's being used. Not only those, but it could be anything like um, details in a vehicle about its performance or tracking it or, or people out in the field. So what it allows you to do, um, I know a lot about the Vodafone one because of a client that we've got and I've actually seen um, what they can do. And the nice thing with the Vodafone offering, I, I haven't actually seen the telecom offering, but I'm assuming it's very similar, is the fact that they're now rolling out this sort of global platform. So I can have a SIM card, have a whole lot of devices here and they work happy and then I can ship those over to Australia and they just turn on and again they work and they can be shipped anywhere that Vodafone's got a a presence and you don't need to reconfigure anything, no change of APNs, it all just ticks over really nicely and the thing um, they've also got is the fact that you can also share, a bit like how 2Degrees has got shared data across multiple people Um, let's say if you've got three or 4,000 SIM cards which I think is about where the market sale might be a a few less um, you can share easily share that data and they don't charge you per SIM card, they charge you on the Group amount of data. So yeah, so they ha- they seem to have some nice ways to make it work. And what what they're offering to uh, uh, software developers, those that want you know to have devices chit chatting to each other um, without involving a, a human, just the you know the the device to device type situation. Uh, they're offering you know they're they're making it very easy for developers basically to jump on board with this developer pack. Uh, it comes with I think you know four uh, SIM cards, specially um, you know connected up. 
and uh, you can have static IP addresses and whatnot. So for for those that are uh, that are in the sort of software development game and have been wanting to get into this, um, or you know you're involved in a in a business that could uh, utilise this, then um, yeah, well well worth a look. Um, and this announcement comes off the back of uh, Vodafone. Um, making some announcements recently around their machine to machine communications uh, and saying um, they're talking some pretty large numbers, uh, weren't they, Nate, in terms of the uh, number, number of, uh, of communications over their, um, uh, over their network. They're saying that they've reached uh, a million machine to machine connections. I'm guessing that's on. Is that on an international uh, basis? Because I think they're op- they're operating across quite a number of yeah. countries. Yeah, so, that would be an issue. Um, that's unlikely to just be within New Zealand at this stage, and unless there's a lot more of these things going on behind the scenes than uh, than I know about, which is probably the case. Um, that there's more than I know about, but uh, yeah, inter- interesting stuff. The nice thing with the um, this sort of system too, from a sort of security point of view, is the fact that because it's a, a private. Uh, when, so to speak, um, let's say one of the SIM cards did get compromised and someone decided to take it and put in their smartphone and try and download a whole lot of apps which would run through your data, is because it all points back at one server, there's actually, they're not actually able to do that. So you're No, instead they can just hack into all your private data and, um, and empty, uh, empty out your database and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, I'm sure. I'm sure anyone using this stuff would uh, uh, would put some effort into uh, keep keeping it reasonably uh, secure. Uh, now, jumping on to um, uh, smartphones and uh, and and wearable tech, a, a lot of uh, a lot of activity in this space. Uh, now, um, a few of these items actually I discussed on uh, on First Line TV three on Monday. Um, the first one being there were reports out of uh, out of Taiwan uh, in the last few days, and I mean there have been some some rumours certainly floating around about uh, these larger screen iPhones, which I think uh, you know there's a few of us have been saying, hey, these have got to come. Uh, and the latest we're hearing is it's likely in August that there will be an announcement for a 4.7-inch screen iPhone uh, and um, and also a 5.5-inch uh, screen uh, iPhone. So in that sort of August-September time frame is, is when we're hearing these things may land. Now, uh, take these rumours as usual with a grain of salt, uh, but, you know, often... Um, the bits and pieces that we that we hear out of these countries that are that are part of the supply chain for Apple, um, often these you know parts of these things end up being uh, being accurate because uh, if a product's coming to market in uh, in say August, it takes a few months to get all the uh, um, all the bits and pieces ready to make make that uh, possibility. Nate, what's your thought on your thoughts on um, seeing some iPhones at these bigger screen sizes? What's this going to uh, do for Apple and and you know how's it going to help in terms of their competition with Samsung? I thought you were going to say, do you think they'll have a change of screen? Because I remember we discussed this with the iPad and the, the Air is the smaller version, isn't it? Uh, no, the Air is the th- uh, the thinner one. What was the one the the Mini that's the smaller? Yeah, yeah. And I remember we had this discussion. It was a year ago or two years ago, and you said, do you think they'll make a smaller one? And I said, no, because Apple leads the charge, so they don't follow other people. And then a few months later, they did it. So I think yes, I'm I'm going to put my I'm going to move my bets from one side of the table to the other and say yes, they we will end up with bigger iPhones, so I don't end up with egg on my face twice. All right. Well, I'm not going to bet against you. So uh, um, <laughs> I think it is showing a demand that consumers are now 
the whole novelty around having a, a, a smartphone in your pocket has, has worn off and now they're going, yeah, we really like smartphones, but we want to have the flexibility that we want a big screen or a little screen. Um, yeah, I think it is a good move and I think they've been a little bit slow and maybe a little bit arrogant in the fact that they're going, I, I don't know if you've ever looked at a, a compared an iPhone to uh, your, your Samsung S5. It's just, it looks comical. It's so little compared to the S5. There's, the S5 yeah, there's, there's, so- a, there's a huge, there is a huge difference and we're now obviously seeing, you know, things like the, um, the Lumia 520, which is really at the other end of the price point, you know, $199 phone, at, you know, full retail and often it's, it's, it's a lot less than that. Also with a four-inch screen, uh, you know, very, very competitively priced. Obviously, you know, not at the same level in terms of specifications and capabilities, but uh, I think, yeah, people are now expecting at that premium end of the market that one of the premium features is a larger screen. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm thinking... it would be. I'd be quite surprised if they don't go with the larger screen this time. Um, all, although, you know, I was probably in the camp that was also expecting the, that we would see larger screen iPhone last year. So, you know, hey, hope, hopefully, I think for for everyone these rumours are true because I think it's good if Apple stays competitive across a range of of uh, device sizes, and you know that's one area they're not playing at the moment for people that want the bigger device. Um, now, also uh, a few other um, smartphones happening. The um, the HTC uh, One M8 that um, that landed, I think, um, la- last week is is fully available um, in stores now for yeah for at least a week. Uh, also, the Sony Xperia Z2 uh, that has uh, has landed. Vodafone did their uh, their launch. Uh, last Friday, an, an event sort of around um, Michael Jackson, they were sort of tied in with um, the buyers of the uh, the Z2 get um, get the new Michael Jackson album and an exclusive track that's only available at this stage uh, by buying uh, buying the handset. Although we all know there are all sorts of other ways of uh, of getting tracks, yeah, um, and that Z2, I think the pre orders, uh, the orders, uh, initial orders would also get. Um, one of the or two things um a little dock that you can get for the um z2 now you've got the z the z2 sort of sitting sitting there with you at the moment i've been playing with it the last few it days a beautiful the buttons are just brilliant like why doesn't samsung move it's i'm a samsung fanboy why doesn't samsung move the buttons down to there that i know you can't see it on the podcast but the the power button is about halfway down the right hand side of the phone perfect placement for putting it on and on with your thumb yeah it's a nice premium device uh and that bigger the 5.2 inch um display really nice display 20 megapixel camera uh sony of course generally being pretty good at cameras because they make a lot of cameras anyway uh and the other thing is on the um on the left hand side there's um a docking port which because this is a waterproof and dustproof camera um this the docking port is really cool because you can basically drop it onto this dock um which some of those those initial pre-orders are going to get for uh for free that lets you charge it it's a magnetic dock so you can just drop it uh if you've got that you know bedside you can drop it on there um with your your phone in a landscape format um the other thing they've done is there are some special headphones that you can get as as also part of this initial uh, purchase uh, that are noise cancelling now that the hard work is actually done 
inside the phone sort of software wise to do the noise cancelling but you do need those you do need special headphones as opposed to the um the just standard ones included in the box and of course you can buy both of those uh things as well if you if you miss out on the uh, on the initial deal and no doubt in time the price of um of of this will come down but they're they've launched the same price as the uh Galaxy S5 at 1049 and I think the um, HTC One M8, um, you can have that for a thousand and forty nine as well. Although the the official launch uh, figure we heard up front was a thousand and ninety nine. Uh, pretty sure you can get it a thousand and forty nine if you have a have a look around. Um, and the other smartphone uh, landing, there will be an announcement uh, just over a week's time, which is the new um, the new phone from LG, their uh, their G three, and we've we've got the um, uh, the current model here, the G2, which um, we're, we're expecting to, to the G3 to sort of be an, a variation on this, um, and it's unique in that it doesn't have all the buttons on the side like all the other smartphones. Um, you've you've basically got a scroller and an on-off button and and um, volume and so on uh, at the back of the um, the the device, which which is definitely a um, um, a bit of a different approach. The main thing we're hearing about the new phone from uh, from LG, the G3, is it's going to most likely have the highest definition screen that we've ever seen on a um, uh, on a smartphone. So it bumps it up from that full HD uh, resolution uh, a little bit more. So um, yeah, great to see so much competition in the uh, in the Android space there. Now, um, Nate, tell us uh, what uh, what Foursquare are are up to. You've been a bit of a, a, a Foursquare user. Um, now, Foursquare, for those who don't know, um, maybe you can start with just a, a, a basic explanation on what the what the Foursquare app is a, is about. Because there was a while there that it was quite popular. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who have just never used it or don't know what it is. So, Foursquare, other than being the uh, the local dairy, is actually a um an app and it's really the the main feature of it is the ability to check into particular places so um, either business owners or just you as a public if, if a, a venue doesn't exist in Foursquare uh, let's say if we're going out for a beer together we can turn up to the bar and then the bar we could search for a venue and it uses um, GPS obviously to, to find out where you are you can then pick up let's say the Dominion on, on Dominion Road which is a really good pub um, I can then check in there and then based on a whole lot of different criteria and how often I'm there and 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 a whole lot of other things I can then become the mayor of this particular place it just means that I've possibly checked in there the most times and been there the most frequently and then as a business owner which is what we used to do at the cafe until it changed um, we had an offer where if you're the mayor of the cafe you'd get one free coffee a right. day and and to become mayor you you're the person that's basically uh, fired up your app that the Foursquare app the most times when you're at the venue and 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 said I'm here you Correct. sort of you check in as it as it were um, so you check you can yeah. check into the place the, the one issue one feature I always wished Foursquare would do which I, I know they wouldn't ever add is auto check in so the fact that I, any venues that I've been to because I'd often forget any venues I'd been to if I'd say I've been there for more than five minutes and no I'd, I'd been there before it would just check me in saying that I was there. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that, let's say if you worked around the corner, I could check in there, you could bring up the app and, and look around and say, oh, look, I'm pretty keen to, to have a, a quiet beer after work. Oh, yep, Nate's down at the thing, I'll head down there as well and then we'd, you know, away we go. Um, Foursquare changed the mirror option and actually dropped it a few months ago and hence we dropped the special with us um, 
uh, sorry, actually going back a little bit with the check-in option, there was also a whole lot of other options. Like you could have like a swarm. So if three or four people checked together, you could give them all an offer or every fourth or fifth check. And there's a whole lot of different things. It wasn't yeah, just I've the- been at a conference before and, you know, you go on to Foursquare and it says there's a swarm at, you know, the conference center or wherever you are. Mm. And then, as you say, there could be some special offer that comes up because that that that's happened. At, at, yeah, the Burger Kings used, Burger Kings used to run one where you just had to check in and you got a free Coke, which I thought was amazing. So you just Burger check in. Fuel, Burger Fuel, sorry, yeah, Burger, not Burger King, sorry. Yeah, Burger so Fuel. Burger Fuel still still have that. Uh, oh, do they offer? I, I don't go there particularly often, but went there recently. And uh, we yeah went into Foursquare and checked in, and they give you you know you know it's it's not a uh, you know a, a Coke like you get at McDonald's. It's in a glass bottle sort of thing, and so yeah. on. Um, Coke yeah it's thrown, cool. thrown in because you've uh, you've checked in. So yeah, I'm not sure whether they really get enough you know huge benefit out of people checking in uh, to make it worth the while. But um, they get people like us talking about it, and um, probably one or two people will. Uh, um, we'll remember that, and it'll it'll help them sell an, an extra burger or two. So on, so uh, so yeah. they dropped the the mere option a few months back, and so we dropped the the, the coffee offer, which was whatever. And um, so they've just announced recently that they've now changed it, so the mayor is actually local to your friends. So it would make it easier if you were at a venue that's very popular, say Britomart, where there's lots of people checking, and you could then become the mayor of just your group of friends. Uh, at that particular venue so a bit of a double-edged sword I suppose the fact that you can more easily become a mayor it becomes more of a game between your friends which makes sense you don't really want to be competing with strangers um, on the flip side it means that a venue could end up having well will end up having multiple mayors um, I like the fact of competing with everyone the BP on uh, Carlton Gore is it Carlton Gore um, I used to check in there all the time and just to try and get it back and there was me and another guy and no idea who he was just for for fun we'd try mm. and battle mm. each other off so they've completely changed it and whether it's a good change I'm not sure I have noticed it and I haven't installed it on my phone since it's, I had some problems so I had to get it um, reformatted I haven't installed it lately and I was noticing up until like when I did have Foursquare that a lot of my friends weren't even using the app anymore because there's a leaderboard on it to see how many people times people checking in so I do think it has died off into the fact that now that Facebook has included uh, locations or check-ins or whatever you want to call them with status updates which is more people use Facebook, I think, than Foursquare. So I think that has sort of dropped it down. So mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, now, new products. Um, Lenovo with their, uh, their their ThinkPads, which were yeah, traditionally were were laptops uh and and now really in the you know last year or two we've started seeing them release uh yeah, tablet based uh, thinkpads uh they've uh, they've announced today the thinkpad 10 which is a 10 inch uh, screen based tablet uh nice stylus and so on um looks like a a really good competitor to for instance the likes of the microsoft uh, you know surface product it's coming in at at a you know at a reasonable sort of price point uh, in in the US. I think what are we talking um, seven? Oh, I've lost I've lost the uh, price number. I'll, I'll come back on that. Um, but it, it's based on an Atom type um, chip, quad core um, Bay Trail chip from from Intel. Uh, the the newer generation of that, I believe, which is. Um, um, able to address more memory and so on. So, four gigs of RAM, uh, 128 gigs of, of storage, digitizer pen, and a whole range of accessories. So, there's a uh, there's a keyboard type cover 
uh, that just you know flips backwards and, and forwards. You can open it up. There's another um, keyboard that it can dock into, and it makes it work very much like a laptop with a with a smaller screen. Uh, there's a, a docking station, so you can uh, you know plug the tablet in at your desk and and have it linked straight up to your monitor and and um, and other bits and pieces. Uh, likely from from what we've seen, so it's yeah launching in the US uh, in the next few weeks in June, uh, five ninety nine US um, excluding uh, excluding tax. Uh, and then, um, you know, there'll all be, there'll be all those various sort of options that you can add on. So, you know, likely in the, in the direction of a thousand dollars in the New Zealand, uh, market. Uh, knowing Lenovo, I expect there'll be 3G or 4G options as, as well as the, um, the base unit probably available. And, um, yeah, that whole range of accessories, uh, looks like most of those sort of keyboard options, uh, and the dock are going to be in the sort of 200 odd, uh, uh, New Zealand dollar type uh, type figure. This is sort of device be of interest to you, Nate, or do you need something a bit more powerful and a and a bigger screen? Um, yeah, I used to have a tablet, but yeah, to be fair, a laptop and a bigger screen phone's probably where I'm sitting at the moment. Where that'll probably change in a few years, where as your um, requirements, or sorry, as my requirements change, it, it is a very nice looking device though. And being Len- Lenovo, it'll be rock solid as. Yeah, you would you'd expect uh, expect it to be pretty good. So yeah, we're looking forward to uh, to getting hands on with that. Uh, there's a few other um, Lenovo products over the last little while. We we haven't given a huge amount of coverage to. Um, we had a bit of bad luck with um, the last uh, laptop that uh, we got sent sort of for a review from Lenovo, and we're waiting for a. Uh, a replacement, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, they've got some interesting products coming through. But there's really plenty of competition now. I think in this whole, um, you know, uh, business laptop and and tablet and the you know uh, type type area, and there's that crossover between consumer products and business products. But it's certainly becoming really competitive, and, and we're continuing to see quite uh, innovative and new unique products from uh, fr- from each of the vendors. And yeah, this one certainly has its own uh, uniquenesses. Although there is, you know, some crossover I mentioned with products such as Microsoft's um, Surface. Now, one product we talked about last week was the um, Intel uh, NUC. Um, their their um, next unit of computing, their very very small um, mini uh, computer. And I mentioned uh, mentioned that it had an Atom processor in it. Now, I just wanted to correct that. It comes with a Pentium-branded um, chip inside it, um, which is actually based on the Atom technology. So that's why I referred to it as a, as an Atom. But um, Intel have been playing around a little bit with some of their branding, and uh, the Pentium, um, some of those chips now are um, have, have the, I guess, the lower power and, and, and so on-based um, uh Atom technology inside them. Now, the difference from that fir- the, or the previous generation of of uh, Atom chips and Windows that that la- the last generation couldn't run the uh, the more powerful version of Windows, the the sixty four bit Windows. They had to run the thirty two bit version. Um, that's been done away with now. So um, these run the uh, can run the full sixty four bit version of Windows. You guys were talking about last. I was listening to the podcast on my uh, walk to work this morning. You guys were talking about how um, it's quite nice because you can build in. It, does, it sort of comes very bare bones, and you can add in all the extra things. And I, I liked. I think it was Alistair or you might have said mm. you could. Uh, maybe there was a market there for a computer store to actually sell it all complete. Because for someone like me, I'd be more than happy to pay a little bit more, and knowing the fact that AI can just pick it up and everything 
I don't need to muck around with it and be that everything's just compatible. That would, I can understand uh, people wanting the, the ability to have the bare bones so that they can customize exactly, but. Uh, yeah, it's nice it's a to have a product that, that kind of can, yeah, sit, sits there and is available. You could buy it with all that you want or you could customize it a little bit. Um, now, one of the things that I really liked about this, and we're starting to see more products like this, um, it have been, it's, it's, it's been customized and because it had a, an SSD drive in it and all the right bits, this booted Windows uh, 8 from cold in under, in under five seconds. Wow, uh, and and this was this is the low end one. Although the SSD drive probably adds a little bit to the price, uh, yeah, it was so, so fast. I had it hooked into the um, into the 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 big the sixty inch TV in the in the room uh, next door, and uh, yeah, really really nice. So if you just if you need something, maybe you know to to plug in for for you know home entertainment or your you know, boardroom at the office and so on. Um, yeah, it could be an option. I think most businesses probably, though, more likely to pick something like uh, Lenovo have one called the Mini um, because it's from a, a, a known vendor. You buy it complete. It's got a full three-year, well, it's got the option of a three-year on-site warranty and so on rather than something like this, which is a little bit custom. Now, um, a follow-up on, we've, we've been talking a little bit about Uber recently, uh, Zoomy as well. I wanted to follow up a little bit on that story. Now, Nate, you, uh, you caught a ride here this evening. Yep. Did you go with Zoomy or did you go with Uber and why? And, and for the record, I caught a cab just because my car's still at home and I decided to walk to work. It's not because I've been suspended or anything naughty. Anyway, um, I first off started using Zoomy because I use Zoomy when they first launched and they've been pretty good, I have to admit. Um, and for those that missed out on hearing the story last week, Zoomy and Uber are apps for calling you a ride. Calling a, cabs. A cab or whatever. Which um, caters to my laziness. I do not want to talk to someone on the phone. I just want to bring up an app and just go ding, 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 and then the car arrives and away we go. Uh, so I picked Zoomy and I sat there for probably about 10 minutes waiting for it to find a driver. And there was, I think there was about 26 drivers that said, or 20 drivers, and none of them decided to take my job, which was. So did you get the fun. little timeout thing that said yeah. no one's picked your drive yet? Yeah. I find that now happens within about 60 seconds. Okay. My five minutes, 60 seconds are probably the same then. Um, so then I tried Uber and. I was in Sydney two weeks ago and I installed Uber as a bit of a trial. Thought it would work really well. We had to be at a dinner particular time. My better half was screaming at me because I really wanted to use Uber and we ended up, we tried it twice actually and both times, the first time, sorry, the driver never turned up. The second time, the app just, I don't know, jammed and didn't work. So I was a bit reluctant to try Uber this time. However, a guy picked me up, really nice Holden, and it, from our new market office to the office, uh, the studios here and Ponza, are you kind of, kind of, you're kind of Ponza, aren't you? Ah, uh, Newton. Newton, sorry. Um, it was like $12 or $13. And it worked brilliantly, reviewed the guy, took it off my credit card. Yeah. And how much would you expect a normal, uh, traditional taxi to cost for that sort of journey? In traffic at five o'clock, I was expecting $25. Right. So right. it's pretty, it's pretty stoked. Uh, I think the thing I also really like about the Uber, and to be fair, Zoomy does the same thing, is I like the fact that I can just go at the end and go, the, the thing's over, get out. Because if you've ever tried to pay with a credit card, the, inevitably the machine, they don't have it switched on, there's no coverage, it jams, they're going to reboot it. I just want to get out and be on my way. I don't really want to have to stand there muck around with cash or change or whatever. And so, so you're just automatically paid for it. Yeah, so it? the Uber yeah. app caters to me perfectly. I just like the fact that I can just be like, see ya, get out, gone, don't have to worry. And they email me a receipt and all's well in the world. Nice. Well, over the weekend, I spent some time trying, um, trying Zoomy a little bit, a little bit more. 
Um, and so I've got a little bit more experience to sort of feedback on that one. So Zoomi ties into the uh, traditional uh, taxi company. So Zoomi have relationships with, with you know, corporate cabs at the top level in Auckland and you have various other ones. Um, and, and they're not just Auckland, which at the moment Uber in New Zealand is just Auckland, although as Nate mentioned, you can use them elsewhere. And, you know, I think it's, uh, they just announced 100 cities worldwide that you can use Uber in, which is, uh, is, is pretty handy. Um, so Zoomy, what I found was the uh, they've got three tiers. So you've got a, a, a budget sort of uh, taxi option, um, a standard one, and then a premium one. And on the on the occasions that I've uh, um, you know decided just to compare, I've found that only the standard taxi has actually uh, been available. So I think that's a reflection that they don't have so many of the other ones linked up. Uh, so if you particularly want that corporate cab, you may just have to pick up the phone or use another method to, uh, Nora. to book it. And, and just before we started the podcast, actually, when Nate arrived, um, we went through the same process and yeah, there didn't look to be many cars available other than in that sort of standard, uh, mid tier, which in my experience is a fair bit more expensive than Uber. So if you're after the discount ride, um, Uber is, is definitely, uh, yeah, cheaper if you happen to be, in Auckland and in the right place. The thing about uh, Zoomi is they've got, you know, they're, they're hooked into more companies, broader coverage. You're likely to get a ride uh, quicker, probably in general. Certainly, if you're outside of the CBD with Zoomi than you are with the um, the Uber app. Yeah, the one thing that Zoomi does have over Uber, which annoyed us in Sydney, was the fact that we had to be at a, a dinner at six, and there's no way in Uber to say pick me up at this particular time and we want to be picked up at 5.30 so I remember as I'm what I'd like to be like with Zoomy what you can do is you can go pick organize the cab shoot off you know shower shave and, and get ready for 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 dinner um, whereas Uber I had to I remember in Sydney I had to keep going back to my phone and going okay well they said about 15 minute wait so I'd have to go back to my phone oh it's book about it right and then book it and then oh no it's a bit longer a bit shorter it doesn't really work for me that would make Uber the killer app is just having the ability to say this is where I'll be this is the time I want to be picked up and just have the cab magically arrive. Yeah, I, I'd be curious about how well that that works in a sort of new world where where Uber is effectively a marketplace for yeah for for renting uh, or you know a driver, and I guess it depends on the length and size of the fare and so on because the driver might find oh I'm caught up on another job, and their messages you say hey I've got to cancel I can't make it. Um, whereas Zoomy being tied into a bigger cab company, if one driver can't make it, maybe another one can, and so on. So, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't, I don't know quite what that would look like for Uber, or whether it will ever be something that they're able to uh, to deliver. Oh, one other thing, I got caught up with um, Zoomy, and maybe it was just my quickness in using the app, uh, and because I was flipping between, you know, looking for a premium car to a standard car. Um, I tried to book a ride from uh, from Queen Street and I hadn't realised but somehow the destination had also got set to Queen Street um, so I booked I booked a ride like that and I jumped in and the, and the guy quickly sort of said so um, where are you going and you know it was an okay fare for him um, but, it, but it could have left me not finding someone who wanted to pick me up and I think I might have done the same at another destination in my haste being busy and chatting to somebody um, I may have done that done, done that twice so um, 
Um, yeah, distracted by my gorgeous wife will be my uh, my my excuse because uh, <laughs> we used the app when we went out for a date on uh, on Saturday night. So it was it was, it was very good. Um, but uh, just yeah, be careful for what you set the destination to. Yeah. Because um, yeah, on one of the journeys we were waiting and the driver actually cancelled the the pickup. This was on uh, on Zoomy and it, and it, I'll I'll take the blame. It may be my fault for not setting the destination right. He might have, and it looked like he was coming quite away. I was surprised. That he that he took the journey, and then I looked and he had cancelled it. So I tried again, and uh, and then someone you know someone came from an actual uh, yeah much closer. So not not such a wait. I don't have two funny things with you. Um, so my, sorry, but was, so my business partner uh, had one of the special offers. I think it might have been the comedy show offer. It might have been last week or the week before. Yeah, but the they, actual they've both been doing offers. So well worth looking out. These discount codes up on various places, including my blog. Um, so yeah, so yeah, he went to pay, and the guy wouldn't actually be paid through the app because of the credit thing. He actually wanted to be paid in cash. Or this was on on Zoom, was it? Which we thought was quite strange. Um, and I'm sure. So he refused to take the payment through through the through app. Zoomy, Yeah, yeah. I so, think that would be something to complain to. Com- I mean, that'd be something to a probably not comply with, and just say, look, I'm, I'm you know, this is how I'm paying. Um, so don't let someone sort of push you into a corner on that. If you want to pay through the app and have all the the tracking and and so on, you know, that's associated, I guess. So there was that one. And then the second one, which uh, to be fair, wasn't their fault. They just rolled, well, it was sort of their fault. They rolled out an update. And this is a night of the um, Lantern Festival here in Auckland. And I went to book a cab and the the app jammed on me. And as a developer, I get annoyed at when users do this. When something jams, they'll keep trying retrying, which then causes uh, multiple errors and da-da-da. Anyway, the app jammed. I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. It must be my phone. Tried it a second time and it jammed again. And then I rebooted my phone and on the third time, it still didn't work. And I think about two minutes later, to their credit, I think James, his name is from Zoomy, rang me and said, um, bit of a funny story, the app was actually working and I was standing in the kitchen and three cabs at that real, right at that moment pulled up and got out and started arguing with each other because the job had been booked three times in Zoomy and it had jammed. Wow, so Zoomy has a has an issue, which probably off that they've they've addressed. It's which stop, well fixed stop now. You allowing more than one uh, to call more than one vehicle at a time. Yeah, and um, James is brilliant. He I got I sent him you know as a dev, I know all the things that can help him. So I sent him like logs and all sorts, everything I could think of to send to him. And I think they ring me at like ten thirty or eleven o'clock at night and said, "Oh, well, thanks very much. We've actually fixed the issue." But it was just so funny seeing as I'm on the phone to tech support for Zoomy. Seeing these three cabs all pull up at the same time, get out and argue with each other that, that it was their job and that the rest should leave. It was brilliant. Oh, so that's good. fantastic. Oh, it's, that's a I mean, great, it's great now, story. So never going to happen, but yeah, very Oh, very no, funny. we're going to try and work out how to cause it to happen again just for a, a bit of entertainment. Fighting taxi Um Yeah, yeah. All saying I'm here to pick up uh, Nate Dunn. All right. Hey, thanks, Nate, for uh, for joining us on the podcast this week. Uh, now, anyone can track you down, of course, on your uh um, your Twitter handle of at Nate, which is nice and short. Um, I also am blogging uh, on Geek Zone, so you can go there. I just my la- latest blog. I'm actually off to the states next month. I'm, I'm one of the guest speakers at uh, the Autotask Global Conference, which is in Miami, Florida this year, which should be fun. So if you're your Autotask user or you plan to head across, um, yeah, I'm on the Tuesday morning at ten o'clock. I think from ten to twelve thirty is my session. So always please, fun. Going please come to along, Miami for uh, for events. That's the one. It is a long flight though but should be good it's a good opportunity to speak again so i'm really looking forward to it excellent excellent and you can track me down uh paul spain i'm on uh, on twitter and facebook and linkedin all the, all those things if you want to uh, 
want to hit me up uh, and uh, you can find you can find uh, NZ Tech Podcast at NZ Tech Podcast on dot uh, com and uh, and of course across all this all the social uh, networks as well um, so do hit us up there and if you if you haven't had a had a look we've got a, a new logo that's just uh, come out for uh, Global Voice Media which is the the, the uh, company that that publishes the NZ Tech podcast along with the NZ Business podcast NZ Entertainment podcast etc uh, and so, uh, hope you guys like the the new logo. Feedback on it's been uh, been good so far. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you again uh, next week. Got a bit of a special episode uh, coming up uh, next week. At, um, so yeah, there'll be definitely some interesting um, some interesting things over the next few weeks. So stay tuned and uh, thank you very much uh, for, uh, for for joining us and uh, for listening into the podcast. All right, see ya.